This is the Mutual Audio Network. Shut up and listen. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Detective Amanda Summers and I were pinned down behind a boxcar in a train repair depot just outside of Night Falls. Construction debris hurled through the air, fired at us by a brother and sister team of witches. We were isolated from the rest of the town by four swirling pillars of blue smoke. A black twisting vortex of smoke formed near the train car we were using as cover. It moved towards us, picking up everything in its path and firing at us with rifle-like precision. Harry, look! The forklift! It's rising off the ground! The forklift careened into the boxcar, knocking it off the track. Come on! Keep low! Follow the tracks to the station house! My god! Something just picked up the boxcar! I grabbed Amanda's hand and stood. We started to run. No! Harry! Look out! I looked up. The boxcar was arching and coming down on top of us. It was going to be close. I have you, Harry Strange. Now you will taste the vengeance of... (laughs) Gina! Why would you shoot at me? I was about to put an end to the champion and his companion. You're a murderer! I'm a murderer? You killed our father. I killed our father because you and he were killing innocents. Pop didn't kill those putanas. I did. I was doing it for him. You know the rejuvenation ritual requires sacrifice. They were women. People! They were putanas. Lower than the lowest mortal. How do you think we've survived this long? No! I never killed one of them. You're right. Pop and I killed them for you. He wanted you to be shielded from our darkest magic. Father would never kill innocents. The others were murderers and criminals. (laughs) Sister, your naivete is almost painful. Father thought mortals were little more than insects to be toyed with. Do you know what he put in the brisket that made the humans desire it like they did? Liar! Stop trying to shoot me and listen. How do you think you keep rejuvenating? Pop and I would put a sleeping spell on you. Do the work, and you'd wake up as a new person. Pop thought you were too sensitive. You wouldn't see the big picture. Apparently, you were stronger and more capable than he thought. You shut up. You and I have much to discuss, sister. And we will. As soon as I kill Harry Strange and his putana. Magic and magical people. The unnatural order is all around us. There are white witches, black witches, demons, vamps, werewolves, shapeshifters, ghosts. It's a protoplasmic party of creature features out there. But unless you know where to look, you won't find them. I know where to look. My name is Harry Strange. I felt like I'd been hit by a boxcar falling out of the sky. Well, truth be told, it was the blast of the car crashing into the ground that sent Amanda and I careening backwards into a pile of construction debris. Amanda! Amanda! Are you okay? Amanda rolled over. A gash the size of a finger ran across her forehead and into her hairline. Oh. Sorry about this, kiddo. I really didn't think you'd follow me. 
You sure know how to show a girl a good time, Harry. I'm just warming up, sweetie. Can you walk? Oh, I think so. Good. We need to get into that building while Gina and Michael are discussing family history. Come on. Why do they want to kill you? Oh, I may have almost wiped out their kind. Gina and Michael are... Chovahani. Powerful witches. Even the darkness is afraid of them. I know, you told me. Yes. Some of them can possess humans. The most powerful among them are practically necromancers. I need a container. See if you can find one. How about this? Uh, It's an old skull tin. It's kind of small. It'll do. Now we need salt. Where do you expect me to find salt? This is a repair depot, not a cafeteria. Look everywhere. Work clothes, lockers, refrigerators. Try that desk over there. See what you can find. What are you doing? We must level the scales a bit. Salt, please. I'm calling for backup. No! That'll just give Gina and Michael more targets. If anything, you should try to have this area sealed off. I'll call in the terrorism response unit. Didn't you hear what I said about more targets? And what are we going to tell them? Witches are tearing up the train depot? Just find salt. Go now, while they seem to be busy trying to kill each other. Hey, how about a half-eaten bag of potato chips? Ugh, no wait. These are unsalted. Sheesh, what are the odds of that? I held my left hand over the chewing tobacco tin and used my dagger of Yago to cut across my palm. My blood dripped slowly into the tin. I made a fist to speed the flow. Check it out! What the hell, Harry? Why did you cut yourself? Amanda found two of those paper containers of salt, like the kind you get at fast food restaurants. You want to explain what you were doing? Nope. Toss in both packets. Amanda tore open the salt packs and tilted them into the tin. I stirred the mixture. I don't think that's going to be enough. Now what? Well, traditionally, this little concoction calls for the blood of a man and the blood of a female virgin. Doesn't the man have to be a virgin? It never really specified. How surprising. Since we're obviously short on virgin blood, I'll have to settle for yours. You are not sticking me with that. The day is young. You know I am still armed, right? I know. Of course you are. Perfect. Come on, one little cut. Won't hurt. Much. It may save our asses. This better work. Of course it will. Trust me. Wait, is that blade clean? Really? We're in dire straits here, toots. Fine. I heated the blade with a lighter. Then I cut across Amanda's palm and drained her blood into the tin, stirring it with the rest of the concoction. Now what? I need more salt, charcoal, and sulfur. This isn't Walmart, Harry. We used all the salt I found. Au contraire, mon chéri. You are a veritable candy store of salt and charcoal. Two words, Harry. Psych eval. One word, Amanda. Gunpowder. Chock full of potassium nitrate, charcoal, and sulfur. Sure, it's not the exact chemical composition I need, but... Much like your lack of virgin blood, I'm not really in a position to be choosy. Hand me your clip and go find some pliers. When did you become so bossy? Amanda gave me her backup clip. I took the tips off her bullets and mixed the gunpowder with our blood in the salt packets. It's gotten quiet out there. It's probably too much to ask that they killed each other. Yeah. If anything, they are probably planning their next attack on us. How did you almost wipe out their kind? It was quite a few years ago. On the island of Ephriant. Never heard of it. Most people haven't. The treaty between the Order of the Dagger and the Cross and the five ruling witch families gives witches the dominion over the island and surrounding waters for up to three miles. Is where the Order allowed the witches to live after Strega la Sterminio. Sterminio? Extermination? Sounds like they are in exile. You say exile? I like to think of it as the freedom to live. It sounds even more like exile now. There were at one time about 10,000 purebred witches in the world. They decided it was time to rule the planet, something the Order of the Dagger and the Cross could not allow. 
A bloody and brutal seven-year war ensued. The thousand witches who remained after that war were given the option to move to the colony on Ephriant. What was the other option? There were two other options. Death by burning or death by Madame Guillotine. So you wiped out 90% of their population and gave them a choice between exile and death? I'd be pissed at you too. I'm flattered, but that war took place in the 1600s. Even I'm not that old. Ugh, so how did you get into the picture? I'm getting to that. You have to understand this part for the rest to make sense. When you say that, it usually means what you're about to say doesn't make any sense. All magic operates on a specific frequency. Sort of like different cell phones work in different radio ranges. Purebred witches use magic that operates at very high frequency ranges. The Order knows this and set up quadrant monitoring stations on the island. Any magic event peaking above a predetermined level would trigger an automated threshold attack. No warning shots, no second chances. Just death to the offending quadrant from copper fragment missiles. Sometimes I think not knowing the things you know is better. So, basically, your friends at the Order sentenced 1,000 people to life on the Vatican's version of Alcatraz. Ephriant isn't a rock in the middle of the ocean. It's several islands about the size of Hawaii in the middle of the tropics. It'd be my second choice to live, after Fiji. Are you going to get to the part about why they hate you? It was 1992. I was younger and not the rational man you see before you. That would make you certifiable. The witches of Ephriant kept their bargain for almost 300 years. Then, one family discovered a way they could hide their magic from the monitoring stations. And that affected you how? They made it personal. Like I said, it was 1992. My partner and I were on the only ship allowed to and from Ephriant, the Santa Lucia. It was little more than a transport ferry, more accustomed to cargo than people. But it did have a cozy foredeck and a canvassed-off section that doubled as a tiki bar for the passengers. Partner? Yeah. What's the name of that song? She was the one that got away. Patty, why do you look so glum? This is a beautiful day. The sun is shining, and am I not a hot piece of meat cake in this bikini? It's cheesecake, Tasha, not meat cake. Though I suppose the argument could be made... Ah, cheese, meat, I am fine looking. You are at that, my Romanian goddess. Then why the horse face, my love? Horse face? You mean long face. I'm worried about this trip. It's effrayant. I used to live there. I know the members of the conclave. I can get us access to the places you will need to continue your investigation. That's what worries me. I know about the things that happened on the island. I know about your mother. My mother made a mistake, and she paid for her crimes. With her life. I am not my mother. The Conclave knows my abilities and me. I'm not just a psychic, you know. That's because psychics aren't real. No one can predict the future. <laughs> Silly Hattie. All of our choices lead to definitive outcomes. I can see those outcomes. Some would call that psychic. I call those astute powers of observation. But your other skills, magic is the only word for them. Oh, I have skills. <laughs> like this little thing I can do. <laughs> That's an entirely different set of skills. But much more pleasurable, effective. Oh, wait. I think I see your face cracked. Is that a smile? Oh my, what do we have here? I observe that my skills have caused an arousing reaction. <laughs> Catch me! Oh, girl! <laughs> oh, Mr. Strange, right here, in public? 
Did you hear that? All I hear is your heartbeat, darling. No, I'm serious. Crap! Look out! Someone is shooting darts at us? This is tricycling. It's from a plant native only to Afriant and a potent hypnotic. They're trying to hypnotize us? No, silly man. They're trying to put us to sleep. Let's get below deck. Yes, I am without my wand. And me without my gun. Uh-oh. Look. Those four goonies don't look very happy. Goons, Tasha, not goonies. Goonies is a movie. When the first goon was within reach, I swung my fist, connecting with his jaw and putting him down to his knees. The other three swarmed me like vampire bats. An elbow here and a foot stomp there dropped another goon like a soggy bag of meat. The third guy grabbed my arms and the fourth guy started swinging at my head like it was a speed bag. Hey, Goonie! Tasha leveled one of the largest revolvers I'd ever seen at the guy doing the punching. He smiled as if to say, What are you going to do? And turned back towards me. He was winding up to drop a haymaker on me. Flames exploded from his back. His expression turned to panic and both his hands went behind him. He turned. Fire was coming from a hole about the size of a fist at the small of his back. He ran towards Tasha who fired a second flare, this time catching him in the face. He did an abrupt turn and ran into the canvas skirt hanging from the upper deck. The goon holding me loosened his grip and I took this opportunity to headbutt his nose. Blood flew everywhere. Nice shooting, Tasha. Where'd you get the flare gun? The emergency box on the wall. Very resourceful. I am all this and smart, too. You are a lucky man, Harry Strange. The blazing goon spun into the canvas covering the bar and tumbled forward, spreading the fire. Someone from the crew was trying to extinguish it. I guess they don't teach stop, drop, and roll in goon school. The ship's security team surrounded the other three goons. One of the crew had a gun. The other two were holding wands made of sticks and grass. I walked up to the goon with a broken and bloody nose and pushed his sleeve up his arm. I saw his tattoo and looked at Tasha. It looks like you are expected. We were in the throne room of the High Priestess of Ephriant. I am sorry for the incident on the Santa Lucia. If we had known you were coming, we would have arranged for a security detail to meet you in San Francisco. Lady Morgana, we had hoped for a silent arrival. Obviously, things on the island are not running as smoothly as my contact at the Order was led to believe. Perhaps an emissary is not enough. Maybe the Order should place a garrison here. Again. You should watch your tone, Mr. Strange. You're speaking to the High Priestess of Ephraim. I meant no disrespect to your daughter, Maori. But even the Witch Queen should be aware of the security issues on her island. The High Priestess is aware of everything that occurs on Ephraim. Unless the High Priestess orchestrated the attack on Hetty, that doesn't appear to be true. Impertinent Cretan! You have no business speaking in front of the Witch Queen. I have every right to speak in front of Lady Morgana. I am a legacy member of the Conclave. Your mother forfeited her seat on the Conclave when she... Everyone here knows the story about Tasha's mother. Mr. Strange and Tasha are here because they believe... No, Lady Morgana, not believe. We know. Someone is kidnapping thaumaturges. <laughs> thaumaturges? Amateur magicians and tricksters. What does any of this have to do with a high priestess, Mr. Strange? If it's all the same to you, Lady Morgana, and certainly no offense to the priestess mother, but I think the fewer people who know why I'm here, the better. No one has ever refused my request, Mr. Strange. I'd rather speak to you privately, Lady Morgana. Mr. Strange, my mother is my strongest ally and my chief counsel. 
Whatever you have to say to me, you can say to her. Look at this. Is that a wand? Most wands are made from sticks and organics. This one looks like it's gold. And in a glass case. A trophy. That wand has a golden rod with diamond core. It belonged to Basque, the high priestess of the Chovahani. Mother took it from Basque as a spoil in their duel. There's nothing more humiliating for a witch than to lose her wand. Basque must have been quite angry. Angry enough to spit dragon fire? What did she do to warrant losing her wand? Basque dared question Morgana's divine providence over the island. She's lucky I didn't feed her to the dragon. That entire bloodline should be eliminated. They should be the sacrifice to us. Mother! On this island, all the covens are treated equally under the law. She accepted your challenge and lost with the grace of a coven matriarch. Now, Mr. Strange, you were going to tell me what evidence brought you to Ephriant? Those are my files and the files from the Night Falls Police Department. All the women who went missing were storefront psychics. Psychics? Ha! Charlatans and hookers! Which is what I thought as well. The lovely Tasha set me straight on that. Plus, I found one of the psychics who went missing. This is a picture from the scene. (gasps) The psychic's body looked like a husk of corn that had been microwaved on high and was as brittle as dead leaves. Care to guess what happened? Look by her body. What do you see? That looks like a crystal. It is, Lady Morgana, and it has your stamp on the bottom. Impossible! Those crystals never leave the palace. They are under spell in the royal treasury. Let's go check. You dare question the Witch Queen? Lady Morgana, it would help my investigation immensely if you would allow us to look inside the treasury room. You haven't any authority here, Mr. Strange. You and your apprentice should go back to the mainland. We will deal with any problems on Efferent. Lady Morgana, if you agree with the Queen Mother, Tasha and I will head back to the mainland. I will, however, turn over my findings to the Order of the Dagger and the Cross and let them handle it however they see fit. You dare come here and threaten us? If not for the treaty, I would slay you here in the throne room. Despite Maori's histrionics, Tasha and I await your decision. We will be in our cabin. And wait we did. It was two days before Morgana summoned me. Oh look, it's almost done. What is? The potion? You know, the thing we need to get out of here? Amanda looked in the tent and saw a brown-red bubbling fluid. A small tendril of steam floated above the skull can. Ew. Yeah, it's kind of a pungent odor. Are you going to drink that? Are you high? I'm not going to drink it. You are. What? The hell I am. Well, you have time to think about that. It still has to cook a little longer. So, are you going to get to the part about why the Chovahani hate you, or is this one of your rambling narrations? I'm getting there. A couple of days later, I was in the throne room of Ephriant. Tasha was furious that she was not invited back. I told her to keep her eye on the ball. The goal here was to see if the crystal was where it needed to be. I don't like being a piece of the pond to be moved around by the Queen's mother. Actually, sweetie, it's just a pawn, not a piece of the pawn. But you're right. The Queen most likely agreed to leave you out of the meeting as a concession to her mother. Totally understandable. Now I'm a concession. A cow to use as a barter. I'm not sure what that means. I'm going to be late if I don't leave right now. It's a beautiful day. Take a walk around the island. Enjoy the sights. I was right, of course. 
We stood inside the throne room and Morgana apologized for her mother's behavior. Maori stood to her daughter's right, near a bowl of apples. She said nothing but looked as if sour venom was running through her veins. Morgana asked if I was ready to enter the treasury room. Do you already know what I'm going to find? I do. Do you want to tell me? Will you take me at my word? Your word? Yes. Morgana looked at her mother, who started to speak, and then decided to take a bite of an apple instead. I wondered if she was thinking about taking a bite out of my skull. There are two crystals missing. I assume you have the one we saw in the picture? I do. It's locked in a safe place. I couldn't talk to you until I understood which side you were on. I am on the side of justice. For too long, the witches of Ephriant have been feeling the deeds of our ancestors like an ancient curse. I am doing my best to change that reputation. But there are those on the island... How do you suppose your crystal got into the hands of a dead girl? I wish I knew. I regret the loss of any life. Why would someone steal that specific crystal? Morgana and Maori exchanged glances. Those two crystals have unique properties. Our researchers believe that if a thaumaturge focuses her energy towards the crystal, its frequency will mask the magic of those around her. So it's a cloaking crystal? More than that. It registers the frequency of a human's or half-breed's magic, not a pureblood's magic. The Order is constantly monitoring our island for excessive magic use, but only at the frequencies of pure witches. If we can harness the power of a thaumaturge with a witch, we could theoretically use magic without the Order being any wiser. But you'd have to keep the thaumaturge nearby. It isn't a perfect system. We didn't know it would work, at least not until you showed up. The woman in the photo looked as if whoever held the crystal drained her magic and life essence from her. Who has access to this room? Me, my staff, and the members of the Conclave, all of who are above reproach. I have at least one dead woman who would disagree with that. Someone with access to this room is a kidnapper and a murderer, and I will find them. <coughs> Something to say, Maori? My daughter has said more than enough. You may be considered special in some circles, Mr. Strange, but do you know what I see? I see a mortal who was touched with a bit of angelic magic who now thinks he's above his station. There was a time when your kind huddled in the back of caves, terrified of our wrath, begging to be spared. You offered your children in sacrifice to us. How dare you come in here and accuse members of the Conclave and the High Priestess's staff of kidnapping and murder! <laughs> You're like a cockroach that wants to be a swan, Mr. Strange. Back up, toots. You're crowding me. I'm here to do a job, and I'll see it through to the end. I haven't gotten the order involved yet, but if I need to, I think I have enough evidence to warrant an official inquiry. Mr. Strange, my mother can be a bit spirited in her beliefs and provocative in her speech, but that isn't a sanction for your disrespect. She is, after all, the Queen Mother. I'm sorry, Lady Morgana. I meant no disrespect to you or your bloodline. I was caught up in the moment. Indeed you were. Maori is correct. You haven't any official authority here, and you've overstepped any bounds of proper etiquette. I want you and Tasha off my island by midnight tonight. You're going to block my investigation? I am giving you an opportunity to ponder what you learned here this afternoon. I hear what you're saying, Lady Morgana. But it's only fair to let you know that I will be filing a full report with the Order's emissary on the island before I leave. We must all walk the path that has been laid before us. Good day, Mr. Strange. I walked toward the cabin where Tasha and I were staying. 
It seemed safer if she and I stayed within eyeline of each other, given my persona non grata status with the High Priestess. After I grabbed Tasha, I would file my report and then do some camping while waiting for the reinforcements to arrive. Wait, just so I'm clear, you planned to disobey the High Priestess of the island and stay after she specifically threw you out. And that surprises you? Little Morgana had as much authority over me as I had over her. Didn't she have a security team or something that could remove you? Well, yeah. And I suppose, technically, she could have had me arrested. They would have eventually had to release me, but she could have made it uncomfortable. Have you ever spent the night in a witch's dungeon? It's not pleasant. But I was counting on my good looks and charm to keep out of iron shackles. So, I made my way to our cabin. It was empty. They didn't get Tasha without a fight. There were holes in the walls from the magic bombardments. It looked like at least three other witches were here gunning for Tasha. Someone large had kicked in the bathroom door and there was blood on the shower wall. A moan came from the far side of the bed. It wasn't Tasha. Where is she? Your girlfriend is destined for a greater purpose. That's how we're gonna play this? I hit the warlock so hard that his nose retained the shape of my fist. Do you think you can muscle me? I will wear your flesh on my birthday. You will pay for that. Not much good holding a wand in a broken hand. I'll take that. Give me my wand, human, and I will kill you quickly. Where did they take Tasha? Do you think you can fight us all? I've broken your hand and turned your nose into flesh pulp. If you answer my question with another question again, I'll start pouring salt into your wounds. Where is Tasha? Gideon started to speak and then closed his mouth. Blood was pooling on his top lip. The defiance in his eyes was almost a physical presence. Time to up the ante. This is your wand, right? The essence of your power? If something were to happen to it, you'd be powerless. Just a 90-pound weakling waiting for the big kids on the playground to take his lunch money. You're Chovahani, aren't you? How long will you last with those animals if you can't defend yourself? Wear my skin, you said. They'll make branded t-shirts out of yours. Last chance. I'll smash your wand across your head if you don't answer me. Where did they take Tasha? Time's up. Wait, I'll tell you. They took her to Castle Chovahani. What would the Chovahani want with Tasha? You really don't know? What did I say about asking a question? It's wand smashing time. No, don't! I'm sorry. I just thought you would have solved it by now. Your girl is a thaumaturge. Powerful one. A very powerful one. Probably the key for those special crystals. Tasha was a thaumaturge? Is it possible she didn't know? How did they know she was a thaumaturge? You look familiar. You were one of the goons who attacked us on the ferry. You weren't there for me at all, were you? Tasha was the target. Aren't you the... Um, yes. Tasha has always been the target. Fascinating. Who would have known we were on the ferry? Unless they knew I was on the case. Son of a bitch. This whole thing was a setup. Someone's been manipulating me. And murdering those women just to get Tasha here. Hey, tough guy. I did everything you asked. My wand. This? I started to hand the wand to him. I've heard the phrase, his eyes lit up like a kid on Christmas morning. But I never really understood it until I saw his eyes. Yeah, that's not happening. I smashed the wand against the wall over his head. One less psychotic witch on the planet. No! I will kill you. I'll make you pay. I'll laugh when they drain your girlfriend dry. 
That was the money shot. I knocked Gideon out cold. Couldn't have him following me all over the island. I grabbed Tasha's overnight bag and pulled out the copper wiring we brought. I looped it around Gideon's wrists, and I'd be lying if I didn't say I took a little pleasure in the sound of the copper burning into his flesh. A little tighter and it would burn through his wrists, severing his hands. I was walking with purpose. There was a reckoning coming. I was going to get Tasha back. That wasn't even a question. But I preferred not to make a one-man assault on the castle Chovahani. I had to be careful to avoid the royal guard. I couldn't afford to be arrested before I reached the office of the Order's emissary. This was big. Someone had gotten to Night Falls and started kidnapping psychics because they knew eventually I would investigate the case. The only reason I took the case was because the last woman, the one whose picture I showed the Queen, was a distant cousin of Tasha's. This was all about getting Tasha. Why bother trying to kidnap her when they knew I would bring her to them if they left enough clues? I entered the emissary's office and the stench of fetid flesh hit my nose like a Louisville slugger. The secretary in the front office had her throat torn out. I closed her eyes. I couldn't do anything about the look of pure terror on her face. I drew my gun. In the emissary's office, Brother Sebastian lay in a pool of his own viscera, a piece of his own intestine wrapped around his throat like a garret. This wasn't a random massacre by some witch with a grudge. Whoever perpetrated this attack knew exactly what they were doing. The radio room and the shortwave system were destroyed. The weapons were gone. A couple of steam-powered copper suits were left. I checked the carry bags. It was all connected. Tasha's kidnapping, the attack on the emissary's office, and the stolen crystals. Lady Morgana would have to listen. There were only a few people on the island who could have put this plan in place. The last time I saw Morgana, one of them was standing beside her. Shh. Listen. But I'm just getting to the good part. Listen! Oh, hell no. Did you call the police after I told you not to? No. Boost me up so I can see out of the front window. Ugh. You're a little heavier than you look. It's all prime muscle, buddy. And watch that hand. Oh, Lord. I bet Officer Eva called in an officer down when I didn't come back out. It sounds like they are almost to the vortex. What will happen if they try to drive through it and they aren't wearing copper? Imagine two rollers spinning at an excessive speed. Now imagine what would happen if something slid between those rollers. It would careen through them and crash into the other wall. Assuming it survived the impact of the rollers. Put me down. We have to do something. I know. This potion is as ready as it's going to be. I am not drinking that. Of course not. I have to get it inside Michael and Gina. Why would you drink it? Because you said... Never mind. How are you going to get them to take it? Shots? I'm going to coat my dagger of Yago with it, then stab one of them in the throat. Why the throat? Well, anywhere would do, but since this potion is unstable at best, the throat would get it into their blood much faster. Will it kill them? Maybe. Probably not. But it'll slow them down enough for me to decapitate them. That's what'll kill them. You said you had enough for one. What are you going to do about the other one? I'm still working on that. Sounds like they're through talking to each other. Harry! We need to do something now! Those sirens are almost here! Uh, I, uh... Look over there! That wooden bolt! I have a plan. I opened the door to the antechamber of the throne room and ended up with two wands in my face. One of them belonged to the Queen's head of security. A well-nourished, buff thing named Shadow Jewel. Lady Morgana banished you! Why are you back? I have to warn the Queen that there's a traitor in her midst. All I see is an infidel. Bind his wrists! 
The other guard set a spell and pointed his wand at my hands. He said the spell a second time, and still my hands hung loosely at my sides. Wait a second. Their magic doesn't affect you? You're running around wearing that... They can't affect me directly. I mean, they can't make me cluck like a chicken or cause my heart to burst. But there's no need to let them know that. They can, however, use fireballs to burn through my flesh and cause intense pain. The copper protects against that. Anyway, the other guard's magic didn't work. So I said to Shadow Jewel, Just use some rope or we'll be here all day. What magic do you have that keeps ours from working? I was touched by an angel, or hadn't you heard? Mother! No! Please help me! Guards! Mom, please! Mother! No, help me! Someone help me, please! Guards! That's the queen! We burst into the room. Bright red apples lay scattered on the floor. Morgana kneeled in front of her throne, cradling Maori in her arms. My queen! Are you hurt? Guard! Take Mr. Strange away! Seal the door! No, let him stay. My mother, she was bewitched by this apple. Morgana started to bring the apple near her face. I took it from her hand. I smelled the apple and the world started to swim away from me. The odor of almonds was pervasive. She wasn't bewitched, Morgana. She was poisoned. I picked another apple and smelled. Some of these apples are laced with cyanide. Where did they come from? Everywhere. Their scent in is part of a tribute. Daughter? My mother still lives! Call for the healer! Maori's skin looked like it had been covered with baby powder. White foam was forming at the corners of her lips. Hold on, mother. The healer is on her way. I went back to the emissary's office and donned a steam-powered, 60-pound copper suit. Steam-powered? Yeah. For some reason, the witch's magic couldn't affect steam. I don't know why. It's something the Poindexters at the Order of the Dagger and the Cross figured out. So you were going to do a one-man attack on Castle Chovahani? Yep. I could have taken one or two of her men along with me, but Morgana would be sending an invasion force. The Chovahani would kill Tasha at the sight of Morgana's first flying monkey. So it had to be me. One man against an army to save the woman he loved? That's actually very romantic. I didn't think you had it in you. You'd be surprised Don't think- ruin the moment by saying something crass. Oh my lord. Look! A SWAT truck barreled through the vortex, rocketing itself like an explosive pinball across the yard and into a cement pylon. There were eight officers in that truck. We have to do something now! We can't keep waiting! Amanda, wait! Stick to the plan! Damn it! Amanda was fast. She drew her gun and stepped into the rail yard. Amanda fired at Michael. Everything happened in slow motion. The bullet exploded out of the barrel in an eruption of yellow and orange fire. Traveling at about three football fields per second, it would deliver death by tearing through its target's flesh, expanding on impact and shattering internal organs and bones as if they were tissue paper. At least, that's what happens in the natural world. Michael was far from natural. He pointed his wand toward Amanda's gun. The bullet slowed and stopped just inches from his face. It hung in the air for a second, motionless. Michael smiled. He flicked his wrist like a conductor in front of his orchestra and the bullet tumbled over, pointing in the direction it came. Another movement of the wand and the bullet picked up speed until it couldn't be seen. But I knew where it was going. I dove for Amanda, knocking her to the ground. Ugh! I was a second too late. We rolled until we had some cover. Then I dragged her behind the box car. I've been shot with my own bullet! How is that possible? Oh, it hurts! That was brilliant, Amanda. We had a plan. 
You were supposed to stick to the plan. I've always loved improv. Ugh! Son of a bitch, that hurts. How bad is it? I can't feel my arm. It looks like your elbow's shattered. Uh, good thing that's not my drinking arm. You're bleeding too much. I'm gonna tie it off. Okay. Don't make the tourniquet too tight. Just enough to stop the bleeding. I know what I'm doing, Amanda. Harry Strange, come out and meet your destiny. Gina, how dare you turn down the vortex? Enough, brother. Enough death for the humans. I am just getting started. Do you think I will let the Witch Slayer live? Today is Retribution Day for all our cousins. While I was wrapping my belt around Amanda's bicep, a half-dozen police officers led by Officer Eva walked slowly toward Michael and Gina. The cops had their weapons at the ready. One of them had a riot shotgun. Michael and Gina McAleer, you're under arrest. Drop your, uh, um, sticks and, and put your hands on your head. My stick? Little Nubian girl, let me show you what my stick can do. Michael raised his wand and shot a tiny blast of black fire at the officer holding the riot gun. The officer turned and fired, shooting the officer to his left. He fired again, killing the flanking officer. He turned to the right. You could tell from his expression he was trying to fight the compulsion, but he looked like a marionette that someone else was controlling. He fired another round, killing the next officer. The fourth cop turned his weapon towards the shooter. They simultaneously fired. Both fell to the ground. This happened inside of two seconds. No! You son of a bitch! I will kill you! I don't think so. See how easily I control your bullet? It just hangs there, a foot away from me. It's like it's trapped in jello. But watch what happens when I send it back to you. The bullet picked up speed until I couldn't see it. This time there was nothing I could do to save Officer Eva. Enough! No more killing of innocents! A lightning bolt struck the bullet in flight, exploding it inches away from Eva's face. Gina! How dare you interfere! <laughs> Michael fired a bolt at Gina, catching her high in the chest. Eva turned to run back to her car, but Michael stopped her. Oh no, my little Nubian. Come to me. He pulled back on the wand as if he were reeling in a fish. Eva was leaning towards her car, but... Her feet walked backwards towards Michael. Help me, please. Go save her, Harry. I'll be right behind you. No, you need to stay here. You need to stay out of the line of danger. Really? You want to argue about this now? Remember the plan. Go. Help Eva. I ran to the corner of the boxcar. Eva was already in Michael's grasp, his wand at the bottom of her throat, forcing her chin up and exposing the length of her neck. Gina was laying still, eyes closed against a cement divider. Mmm, Officer Eva, you smell delicious. Eva fought against him, but he whispered something I couldn't hear and her arms fell limp at her sides. Let me go, please. Tell me, officer, do you still doubt the power of my stick? Seriously? Does that line ever work? Mr. Strange, I knew putting one of them in danger would bring you out in the open. You're so predictable, it's painful. I'm sorry. I'm having a difficult time with the power of my stick. Even I wouldn't use that line. Why can't I move my arms? The power of my stick, Officer Eva. 
You're going to have to stop saying that. It sounds silly. I was walking in a circle, trying to draw him away from the boxcar and closer to the center of the rail yard. What do you need her for? I'm the one you want. I'm the witch slayer. Nice honorific, by the way. I may add it to my business card. Let's let the nice officer Eva go, and you and I talk about our differences. About the way you committed genocide on us? You and the rest of the Chovahani have been telling that story since the 90s. And for the most part, I was fine with it. I like being the boogeyman to a bunch of witches. The thing in the closet. The monster under the bed. But the one thing you historic revisionists need to remember is that you can't rewrite the past while those who remember it are still alive. Please let me go. Do you deny you attacked and almost wiped out my bloodline? No, I did that. Of course, it was after your bloodline declared war on me. I just returned the favor. How will you save yourself and the tasty Officer Eva? That smell. You have a dagger coated with blood, not virginal. Salt, charcoal. Mr. Strange, you were planning to poison me. Tisk tisk, that's rude. I should break one of Officer Eva's arms. No! Uh, please don't, just let me go. We can, we can still come back from this. I don't think so, Eva. Can I just call you Eva? Calling you Officer seems somewhat... Submissive. Do you know what I love best about you humans? Our skin? Oh, God. No, that's just a utilitarian need. It's your smell. It's intoxicating. Eva's fear is like an aphrodisiac. Oh, tasty. She doesn't know it, but she possesses great power. Mm. She may yet live through this. She'll live, Michael. I promise you that. <laughs> what will you do? Throw your dagger at my throat? Maybe hit me with your cute little copper bracelet? And when Gina wakes up, will you fight us both? You two are just throwing lightning bolts at each other like a couple of drunk Grecian gods. Do you really think Gina's gonna be on your team? My sister and I have our differences, but we both agree that the Witch Slayer... The slaughter of innocents must die. Innocents? Innocents? The Chovahani survived generation after generation by killing innocents and using their skin as an abhorrent fountain of youth. And your race survives by killing lesser animals and using their flesh as sustenance. Are we really so different? That's your argument. You're a monster and psychotic. Let Eva go. Then you and I can talk about this Manuel Wackadoo. There's nothing to talk about. I'm going to kill you and bring your head back. You're welcome to try, but you're going to have to let Eva go before you can come after me. Well, you're right about that, Mr. Strange. Hmm, what shall I do? Oh, I know. No! Amanda floated above the boxcar, but that couldn't be. I looked at her wrist. The copper bracelet was gone. It must have come off when she was shot. Oh, crap. Did you really think you could trap me? What was the plan? Drop some copper wire on me? Your arrogance will cost her. Ow! <laughs> Amanda's shattered elbow began to bend outward. Her eyes squeezed shut. That had to hurt. And just to show you how well I multitask... Ow! My heart! 
Eva's eyes rolled back in her head. I heard Amanda's arms snap as her elbow bent beyond its regular range. This is so much fun, Mr. Strange. The look on your face. You can stop it all. Take out your dagger and cut your throat. Eva's lips were turning blue and the blood was flowing freely from Amanda's arm. You're going to think about it, Strange? Fine. Think about this. Oh my god! <laughs> Amanda's good arm, her drinking arm, went straight out and then her elbow bent the wrong way. <laughs> she has 200 more bones for me to break. What's it going to be, Mr. Strange? I drew my dagger. I stood there with a sword in my hand. The back of the castle Chovahani loomed up like some gothic nightmare. Grayish black smoke rose from two of the turrets and an unholy blue light occasionally flashed from one of them. I smelled. No, I mean, I really smelled bad. The only way to get into the castle was through the back sewer entrance that started in the swamp. I trudged through the swamp and then through two football fields worth of sewer water. Untreated sewer water, I may add. On the plus side, no one saw me. Once inside, it was fairly easy to go in through the back way to the castle. I stayed to the area where the servants would be and tried to remain quiet. The sun set about a half hour ago, so most of the servants were busy with meals and cleanup. I walked slowly down the hall, unsure of where exactly to go. The room with the blue light was probably a good indication of where I should be, but I wasn't entirely certain how to get up there. I heard voices approaching. There weren't a lot of places to hide in the hallway. I drew my sword and prepared for the worst. Which turned out to be two girls, no more than 16 years old. We looked at each other for a moment. They were more scared than I was. I imagine they had never seen someone my size wearing a suit of copper. It was obvious they were slaves from the shackles that were cutting into the flesh around their ankles. Are you here to save us, sir? She had chubby cheeks and big, sad brown eyes that looked as if she had seen a lifetime worth of torment. Where do they take the new prisoners? To the dungeon, sir. Can you show me where? The two girls looked at each other, eyes wide. The Chovahani favorite punishment is torture. They usually start with cutting off fingers at the first knuckle. These girls had been tortured at least six times. We can, sir. But you have to promise you'll save us. Take us away from the island. We made it up three flights before our first incident. A Chovahani guard saw the girls. He didn't bother raising his wand. After all, they were just two little girls. The look on his face was mild amusement when he saw me. That changed when he realized what I was wearing. No! I dropped my sword and grabbed the guard in a bear hug. First, the guard began to bubble, like he had baseballs rolling under his skin. I watched one move up his arm, stretching and swelling the skin, his flesh never quite getting back to its original form. One boil continued up his shoulder to his throat, crawling up under his eye, which blew out of his head with a wet plop. The other eye went a second later. I stepped away from him and he fell to the floor like a sack of rotting meat. The girl's eyes were wide and looked as if they were gearing up from the mother of all screams. I clamped down on their mouths with my hands. No, no, no. If you scream, you'll bring all the guards here. Don't touch me, please, sir. Your smell is offensive. Ah, the gratitude of teenage girls. I hadn't any idea the guard's reaction to the copper would be so severe. Even now, without any physical contact, the guard continued to swell and bleed from different parts of his body. Don't dally, sir. Another guard will be making his round shortly. You'll have to move quickly if you want to save Tasha. I was transfixed by the guard. 
I'd never seen a death as gruesome as his, and I was finding it hard to tear my eyes away from it. And then the girl said Tasha's name. What did you say? I said another guard will be making his rounds. You should hurry. How do you know Tasha? I don't know any Tasha, sir. She has two hundred more bones for me to break, Mr. Strange. You should hurry. Harry! Please! Help me! Mr. Strange, I can't breathe. Michael stood there smirking. I'm sure if he had a mustache, he'd have been twirling it and cackling like Ozzy on nitrous oxide. I dropped my dagger of Yago. It's going to be very difficult for you to cut your throat if your dagger is not in your hands. Perhaps another example. Let's see, who should I kill first? Eva, Amanda, Eva, Amanda, Eva, Amanda. Sorry, my dear, you lose. I charged Michael, pulling my shirt off as I did. He didn't know that I had wrapped myself in thin copper wiring under my clothes. It wasn't as thick as the bracelet, but it didn't have to be. And there was enough of it on the wooden bolt in the depot that I was able to cover most of my upper body. Turns out, railroads use tons of copper per year. No! I crashed into him and Eva, all three of us hitting the ground hard. I was vaguely aware of Amanda falling out of the sky. I pushed Eva away from Michael and punched him in the face. The copper wasn't wrapped around my fist, so the beating was traditional in style. He struggled to grab his wand, which he dropped when I tackled him. Not happening, witch! I will render your flesh into brisket. Get off of me! I punched him again. It's amazing how good getting primal feels. Michael swung, grabbing my ear and pulled me off balance. We rolled around, stopping with him on top. He punched me, but this type of fighting wasn't something he was familiar with and his punch was ineffectual. He grabbed at my chest and got a handful of copper wires instead. Ah, it burns! That's just the beginning. No, I don't think so. What can you possibly hope to accomplish? Michael hit me again. His fist had a spongy consistency. The effect of the copper. Let me get my wand. I grabbed his shoulders and pulled him down. The copper around my arms pushed into his clothes and into his skin. I will kill you, strange. Michael was still sitting on my chest, his fingers tightening around my throat. I dug my arms in deeper to his skin. Michael's flesh began bubbling up around the copper, yet he continued to choke me. Bright white flashes appeared at the corners of my vision. A game of chicken, Strange? Let's see who can last longer. I can last all night, brother. I doubt that. Very much. Some of the copper on my arms began to liquefy. How was that possible? Michael saw where I was looking. My family is older than you know, Mr. Strange. We've been building an immunity to copper. Perhaps you should have done a little more research. Strange, you can still hear me, can't you? Your eyes are closing. His thumbs pressed into my windpipe. Those white flashes were coming closer together, and it was getting harder to hold my arms up against his body. That's it. Rest, Strange. I am going to enjoy skinning these humans. My arms started to slide away from him. They were almost at my side when I reared back up and slammed them on either side of his head. <coughs> I fought to keep my arms up there. His flesh started to bubble, and baseball-sized poxes began to move under his skin. He released a little of the pressure on my throat. 
Enough so I could get some oxygen into my lungs, but not enough for me to break his grip. It seemed as if the poxes were starting to go back into his skin. I pushed harder. Cracks began to appear from the top of his head. Michael blew backwards off of me and into the boxcar. It was as if his body was attached to a string that pulled him away. His head snapped forward, his chin crashing into his chest. I stood and ran towards him, picking up my dagger of Yago. A combination of the copper and whatever hit him had bloodied Michael from head to chest. He was bleeding from every orifice in his head, yet he tried to stand. Enough! I turned. Gina stood, holding her wand at the ready. What did you do to my brother? Nothing he didn't deserve. Gina walked towards me. Well, strange. You didn't expect this, did you? My sister is awake, and she will kill you. (laughs) Michael smiled at me. The teeth that remained were covered in a black and red liquid. One eye was swollen shut, and the other had a red ring on the side of the iris. Gina stood in front of him. Kill him, sister. We will feast and transform ourselves with these two. You can have the Nubian. Gina leaned in to Michael and whispered something. I tossed my dagger into the air and caught it by its blade. From this range, I could hit Gina solidly in the back of the throat. My mind did the mental calculation of distance, velocity, and angle. No, that's not the... When Gina stepped away, Michael wasn't moving. His eyes were closed and the rolling pox stopped. I held my dagger loosely, ready to throw it at Gina's throat. Well, Mr. Strange, shall we call it a day? I murdered my father, saving the skin of hundreds of humans, and I just saved your life and the life of two police officers. I think a medal is in order, but I'll settle for my freedom. Yeah, I can't do that, Gina. You have to answer for your deeds. If you're innocent, you'll be exonerated. (laughs) Yeah, as if there is a court in this land that would even begin to know how to deal with me. Your religious extremists would probably try to burn me at the stake. And tell me, witch killer, when do you answer for your act of terrorism? Is that really how you see it? Is there another way? I stood behind a stone pillar. The two girls, Lydia and Blair, stood watch at the door. In the center of the room was a 15-foot stone carving of a naked woman with a ram's head. At the top of her head, between her horns, was a long cone-shaped tusk that looked like a unicorn's antler. The tip of this antler was glowing a pulsating blue, and someone had wired one of the thaumaturge crystals into it. Three women were tied, arms above their head, around the base of the ram woman. Iron shackles held their legs in place. Six metal leaves hovered just above each woman's ribcage. It looked to be sending yellow sparks of electricity into the women on their right side and blue sparks of electricity on the left. I could see lash marks on all the women. Two of them looked like women who had gone missing from Night Falls. The third was my little pixie, Tasha. I fought the urge to jump into the room and cut Tasha free. I didn't see any guards. There was a machine hooked up to the leaves that looked to be something out of a bad science fiction movie. Blue, red, and green lights flashed in an indescribable pattern. Other than the captives, the room seemed empty. I couldn't wait any longer. I went to Tasha first, cutting her ropes. Her arms fell. Tasha, it's Harry. Can you hear me? I tried to get closer to Tasha, but my copper armor was a good conductor of electricity. I was knocked off my feet. This wasn't going to work. 
I shucked off the armor but left the steam pack running in case I needed to get back to it quickly. Get the others. I can keep you covered without their magic. I can project without a wand now. How is that possible? Less talk, more do. I cut the other women down but couldn't figure out how to get those metal leaves away from their bodies. And I wouldn't be able to get them out unless I could remove them from the scorpion stinger-like conductors. Every time I would move one of them, the yellow spark got larger and left a burn mark. I traced one of the leads back to the machine. It looked like there were three separate control panels, one for each woman. In the center of each panel was a giant, triple-pole knife switch. You know what I'm talking about. They're the kind you see in the old black-and-white movies. They require two hands to throw them. On the tip was a piece of insulation. What's the worst that could happen if I switched it to the opposite position? Well, that went better than I expected. The sparks jumping from the first woman stopped. I pulled the metal leads away from her body. The shackles were a little tougher, but I was able to break the lock on them. She crumpled to the ground. I did the same with the second woman. Then I got to Tasha. Hey, good looking. What you got baking? Do you know where you are? Experiments. Projecting our life force. Still running. That's how I was able to tell Lydia I was here. I'm going to get you out of here and then we're saying goodbye to Efren forever. You got that correct, brother. Let me cut the locks off your shackles. Hurry, they're almost here. I spun and put my sword up against Lydia's throat. Don't kill me, sir. I tried to warn her. Please, don't kill me. Please, don't kill me. Okay, I won't kill you. Calm down. Who did you try to warn? Blair, sir. She thought you were testing us. For them. Blair thought it was best to tell the castle guard. I knew it wasn't a test. I knew you couldn't be working for the Giovanni. I could tell by your eyes. You're a good man. How long before they get here? Moments, sir. They're close. I can sense them. Bask brings the royal guard. We will not be able to escape before they get here. Son of a bitch. Okay. Thanks for the heads up, Lydia. We need a plan. Hmm. Sir, there is another exit from this room. Beside that sink, you can almost see the door handle if you look closely. The servants used it. You can follow the stairs out of the castle and into the swamp, near the sewage outflow. I'm familiar with it. That explains the intense odor from your armor. My armor? We can use that in the steam as a distraction. Okay, here's the plan. Hattie, time is almost up. I am projecting a block around this room, but I can't hold it much longer. I'm not finished yet. I need more time. Harry Strange! We know you're in there. Sir, how may I help you? I don't. Those two women over there. The other two thaumaturges. See if they can help Tasha with the psychic force field or whatever she's doing. Yes, sir. We have the tower surrounded. You cannot escape. Turn the machine back on. It will boost my power a little, even if I'm not hooked to it. <laughs> Are you turning the machine back on, Strange? Do you really think three weak thaumaturges and a slave girl are strong enough to take on the queen of the Chovahani and her royal guard? <laughs> Perhaps you need a demonstration of my power. I stood facing the door, waiting for flying monkeys to burst through. Nothing. You're going to have to do better than that, Lady Basque. 
Oh, I have. Lydia? No! I turned towards Tasha. Lydia was standing over her with a screwdriver. The other two thaumaturges lay dead, puncture wounds in their throats. I'm sorry, ma'am. The witches are compelling me. I swung at Lydia. Don't kill her! Basque bewitched her! Lydia raised the screwdriver and swung it hard towards the top of Tasha's head. I cut clean through Lydia's neck, her blood squirting upward like a grotesque fountain from hell. Her body, still clutching the screwdriver, fell a moment later. Harry, didn't you hear me? She was under Basque's spell. I know she was. I didn't want to kill her, but if I had just cut off her hand, she would have used the other hand. If I had cut off both her hands, she would have bit your throat. There wasn't going to be a happy ending. I am starting to feel weak. We have to move now. Let's get to the back door. I slid my sword between the door handles, creating a barrier that would give us enough of a lead from Bast's troops. Where are they? Find them! I want Harry Strange's head on a pike outside the castle. I want his girlfriend's skin on my dog. Find them! They aren't in this room, Lady Basque. You totally incompetent. They left through the back door. After them! They must have locked it from the other side. Must I do everything myself? Move out of the way! I could hear Lady Basque's men struggling with the door. We had one more chance. Tasha, now! I'm still not comfortable with this plan. It's our only way out. It's murder. It's warfare. You're giving the rest of the Chovahani an opportunity to change. We may never get another chance at this again. Think of the innocence Lady Basque has had murdered in her quest for power and the ability to hide her magic. Tasha, that sword has a copper core, but I don't know how long it'll hold against a brute force attack. Oh, Harry. Sometimes there is a darkness around you that scares me. Me too. It is done. Let's get out of here. What is that sound? Who is touching that machine? Oh no! Lady Basque, you should have a look at this! What is that? Strange's copper armor and steam pack. It looks like he rigged it to... to explode! We need to get out of this room now! Stay where you are! All of you, use your magic and put a containment spell around the armor. But... but now! It's going to blow! Hold your ground. Three, two, one... It worked! Ha! Harry Strange thinks he's so smart! I won! I stopped your little bomb! Did you really think you were as powerful as Queen of the Chivahani and her royal god? I'm coming for you and Tasha next! There isn't anywhere in this planet where you can hide! Tasha and I stepped out of the tower when the first copper core fragment missile crashed into the turret. Fifteen other missiles followed immediately after. I threw Tasha down and shielded her with my body. So as you see, Gina, I didn't kill the Chovahani. It was Basque's bloodlust that brought the wrath of the Order of the Dagger and the Cross down on your people. When they stopped my explosion, they triggered the threshold attack. My hands are clean. Your hands are red with blood. Die! No! Damn it! Gina stepped in front of me and fired a lightning bolt of her own a second after I threw my dagger of Yago. Both hit Michael in the upper chest and throat region, tearing his head off and a good deal of his chest with it. Nice shooting, Tex. Gina! Gina had taken the brunt of Michael's blast. The left side of her face was charred down to the bone. She stared up at the sky. 
Wait, now you're telling me Gina didn't kill her father? The brother did? He confessed to me right after he killed his sister. Gina was innocent. Why the hell are your cases always twisted like spaghetti in a bubbling sauce of crazy? I got nothing but a craving for some Italian food now. How's Amanda doing? She has two broken arms and a shattered elbow. How do you think she's doing? What about the other one? Eva. Doctors say she'll make a complete recovery. Well, that's a win at least. I think I'm going to head over to the hospital to check on Amanda. Yeah, well, before you do that, Strange, I I got this thing. Well, then you should see a doctor. What do you know Elizabeth Shaw? She's been kind of working with me on a couple of things. Why? Well, we don't know anything for sure, but we found these at the scene of the last big cat attack. Do you recognize them? That's her tricorder tablet thing. And that's her gun. Where'd you find these? Remember the orphanage that blew up last year, Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow? We think the giant jaguars were making his home there. This stuff was in the corner along with other personal effects. Your card was tucked into her purse. What else was there? Just blood and body bits. CSU is going over the place with a microscope. Where are you going, Strange? I'm not finished talking about Joe the Butcher. I am. You know where to find me. Harry Strange, Episode 308, The Witch Slayer Part 3, was written by Tony Serechia and directed by Jason Tyler. All material is copyright by Tony Serechia and used with his permission. Featured in tonight's cast were Kellen Stennett, Laura Corliss, Brian Troxell, Jackie Costello, Tish Parmalee, Haley Fuchsia, Trisha Groves, Jason Tyler, Emily Jane, Andrea Lang, Jen Hall, Emma Green, and Tony Serechia. To keep up with the latest news and information on everyone's favorite private investigator, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash harrystrangeradio. Send your questions, comments, and suggestions to producer at harrystrange.com. For comments that may be included on future shows, call the listener hotline at 678-379-8669. That's 678-379-TONY. Harry's opening and closing theme music was written and performed by Ryan Lassard and is copyright by Ryan Lassard and used with his permission. Contact Ryan at rlassardmusic at gmail.com. Incidental music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod and is copyright by Kevin McLeod and used with his permission. Visit incompetech.com for more of Kevin's music. Sound effects provided by license with soundsnap.com. For the Harry Strange Radio Drama, I am Joanne Frudem. Good night. Sweet Sue has been tied to the railroad tracks. Will our heroes save her? Well, of course, the hero always prevails on Thriller Thursdays. I'm John Bell, the hero that rarely prevails in Bells in the Bat Free, the comedy show you can hear every Friday Follies and a bunch of Sunday showcases. Oops, looks like the hero may have been a tad late there.